0: Right. we're in the middle now of our latest series called to repent okay cuz god as godly men and, and and actually to come to jesus we are called to repent okay and um and it's it's ironic because last week last week uh, after the after the presentation i i was reading the word and then one morning after that, and I was in Isaiah, and uh, and I read this. Okay, because we're in a dark and dying world. In case you haven't noticed, okay, this world isn't running. This world isn't you know, running right by the Bible. Okay, and 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 Seth has been talking about that. And we need to be Jesus' hand and feet. But we can get discouraged. It's easy to get discouraged look around in our culture and see what's happening and think, well, what difference can I make and who's here to help me? And so I get in those moods. And I was reading in an Isaiah, and I loved it, and I want to share with you. Isaiah 57, 15. It says, The high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one says this. Okay, so when it says that, the high and the high and holy one that lives in eternity says this i guess we need to listen okay he says this i live in a high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble here here was the encouraging part to me i restore the crushed spirit of the humble and i revive the courage of those with repentant hearts Okay, so we all know about David's sin and his grievous sins uh, that he's that he committed in his lifetime. But what we also know is the repentant heart he had and how God actually looked at him and called him the man after his own heart. And today I'm honored to have Pastor Steve Holy come up and talk to us about David, a repentant heart.
1: gentlemen. Uh, it's always good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me back, Michael. Thank you for allowing me just a few moments of your time. Um, let's just pray over this one more time. Father God, I just ask for your mercy to be poured out on all of us, but in an in, in appropriate and good portion over me, particularly as um, as hopefully my words, Lord, would be yours, and that uh, Holy Spirit, you would be in this place this morning. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your grace to us. God, thank you for your mercy for us. Help us to be the men that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen, amen. So the last time I was here, we were talking about David, and we were talking about the situation in his life where he committed a great sin uh, against the Lord and against Bathsheba and against Uriah uh, her husband and in that story from 2nd Samuel we learn that Nathan the prophet comes to convict David of his sin that David does not see his own sin in himself but he requires someone else to point that out. And during that time, we talked about how important it is to do life with other people. Um, Can we agree on that this morning? Yeah, that brothers are important. Brothers are important. When we follow Christ, we cannot do it alone, right? And after that episode, um, a child is born to David, and this child becomes... Greatly, greatly sick. Some of you may know the story in 2 Samuel, chapter seven. And um, David prays, David prays so earnestly for this child. He is so, so very sorry that his sin has brought about these consequences. And uh, the scriptures tell us that uh, those who attended to David were fearful for him. They were fearful that he may, depending on how you interpret the passage, take his own life. That his heart was so wretched with guilt that he might do that. And eventually. After this season of prayer and fasting, not eating, petitioning and pleading before God, the child died. And then the scripture describes David in a very interesting way. It says that David went back to life. That he got dressed, that he cleaned himself, that he worshipped. And the people attending to David were so confused by what was going on. But David had come to a point of rest in God's grace. David knew that he couldn't do anything to save his child anymore. That there wasn't anything that he could do to change the consequences of his sin. But that did not mean that his heart was still bound by it. Does that make sense? Sometimes we go through situations in our lives where we can't change what has happened because of what our hands and our mouths and our thoughts and our actions have done. Can't change it but we can realize God's grace over us in spite of it. Uh, A commentator said this about the text that I thought was really helpful. It says, doesn't this text give hope to any fallen believer? You're conscious of your failures and repentant of your sins. That's our theme for today. Yet have no ground in yourself to expect mercy. No reason to expect favor. You wonder if for the rest of your days you are doomed to exist within the confines of God's frown. You find yourself there this morning? It feels like the depth of that sorrow but if you have more than a doctrine of grace if you have a sense of grace if you think of Yahweh as David did you will walk on in the light of hope this passage does not mean to help you excuse the guilt of your sin but to help you get beyond the despair of your own sin. That's what God wants for us, brothers. He wants us to be able to receive his grace, to be repentant for our sins, and then to walk in the Spirit. To recognize that Jesus takes away those things that we have done. And that we do not need to have despair. Amen? Amen. We don't need to have despair. Amen? We are a forgiven people. And that's what David did. David continued his life in grace. And he couldn't change the things that he did. But he did remain a man who was after God's own heart. And there was... Repentance. I um, was really thinking a lot about this topic, and and honestly, kind of struggling, struggling with the way that I had been taught what it meant to repent. Struggling with um, feeling like I needed to repent over and over and over and over again. Feeling like there were sins in my life that I just could not seem to tackle. And that that was somehow an indication of how good or bad I was. And how much God really loved me or didn't love me. Or maybe even worse, how much I loved God or didn't love God. And so... Um, a couple thoughts on repentance for us today, and we're going to look at what I believe is a beautiful passage of scripture that demonstrates for us what repentance is. But first, I want to say that repent, it is not possible for us to come to repentance without the Spirit of God. It is the Holy Spirit of God that comes, before we can even know or acknowledge, comes into our heart and begins a good work. It is then that we recognize our sin and our need for repentance. And I think the more that we recognize that we need to walk in the Spirit more than the flesh, the more that we'll understand what it means to truly repent. Because if we are trying to defeat sin with our own power, we're gonna lose. But if we are trusting in the Holy Spirit to do a new work in us, and resting on his grace in us, we will find the fuel that is possible for living a changed life. That's what repentance is. Repentance is a heartfelt sorrow for sin. A renouncing of it saying I don't want anything to do with that anymore and a sincere commitment to forsake it and walk in obedience to Christ that's the first thing I want to say today is that repentance is possible because of the Holy Spirit we must continually ask the Spirit to direct us to shape us to mold us that means that we have to be humble as Michael said consistently, consistently humble before God. There's never a day we're going to run out of a need for grace. For the rest of our lives, men, we're going to need God's grace. And that's our source for living a Christian life. Because Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Following Jesus isn't just... Forgiveness from sin. It's more. Living a life of righteousness is not just being forgiven. But it's also living as he has designed us in the light of his spirit. So Jesus wrote a song. And many of you may know it. And we're going to look at it today. He wrote this song out of this experience in his life. And I think it beautifully, beautifully describes, defines, demonstrates repentance. And so um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna read it together, all right? Now, if you have your own uh, Bible with you, your own copy of God's word, as Pastor Seth would say, um, I invite you to turn to it. It's Psalm 51. Psalm 51. And it's going to be on the screen, and so we're going to read it together on the screen. Um, But if you do have your Bible, I encourage you to kind of jot notes if you want to. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to let the Word of God speak to our hearts through the Holy Spirit right now. And we're going to ask Him just to search our hearts and help us to understand his word and to apply it to our lives. So um, we're going to read some of this psalm out loud together, and then we're going to rest and we're going to let the spirit talk. We're going to pray. And if you have something to write with, I encourage you to write the things that the Lord would bring to mind either in the margin of your Bible or on a piece of paper, or maybe just making a mental note. Maybe take out your phone, write it in your notes, whatever you need to do. And then I'm going to share some thoughts, and we'll read some more of the passage. And again, we'll do the same. Have some time in prayer. Listen to the Lord. And then we'll continue. All right, friends? So we are going to—this is for Josh, my friend in the back. We're going to read— Psalm 51, verses 1 through 6. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words, and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in the sin of my mother's deceit. Behold, in the light Let's pray. Holy Spirit, let your let your presence be in this place. Let the men of God in this room, Lord, receive from you today. Teach us your word. Convict our hearts. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Lord, we have sinned against you. You show us, God, that there are things that we have thought, there are things that we have said, there are things that we have done, there are words that we have used that are not of you. Such things weigh heavy on our hearts. Help us understand the weight that each and every one of us bears before you. Let's continue to read on the screen. Verse 7. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Let's, let's continue in prayer this morning. Amen. God, you wash us white as snow. You bore the burden to Calvary and you suffered and died alone in our place for our sin. Create in us a clean heart, O God. Repentance is the spirit-empowered acknowledgement of sin that results in a change of mind about who and what is Lord in our life. What is important? What is good and bad? But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And let's finish this psalm together. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, Sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart of God you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bowls will be offered Let's pray one more time. God, show us the meaning of your word in our lives and in our hearts. Holy Spirit, move in this place. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Friends, that's the power of the gospel in our lives. That's the reality of it, that um, our sin is greater than we understand. And yet we are loved more than we ever dared to believe. That's the message of our faith. That's the strength of our day. We go into this day acknowledging that yes, we're broken sinners, each and every one of us. And yet we are sinners saved by grace. And that should give us fuel for what we need not to be in despair over what we've done but to live as those who have been made right with a holy god and who can live in that spirit and in that righteousness now and forever just as we were praying the lord just reminded me of a song that i love to sing and you know, I do this worship thing a lot, so I tend to think about songs. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Can that be your testimony? Can that be our testimony today? The sun has set you free. I am chosen, not forsaken. That's David's song. I am who you say I am, God. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me, his grace for me. You're a child of God. You're a son of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. So we're going to have some table time. Talk about what are some areas where you've struggled or are struggling with repentance. I hope it's um, a profitable time for your table. And again, thanks for letting me come.
0: Appreciate you. Wow. So, what a powerful message. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Steve. What a powerful message, and one that. Not only do we need to hear, but should lift us up.